This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. The 13th day of November 2023. We are just about a week away from Thanksgiving. I mean, honest, Christmas is six weeks away. This year has gone incredibly quickly. Uh, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about this morning on this uh, uh, chilly morning here in the mountains of western North Carolina. Uh, a lot of NFL action yesterday. Five games, five, ended um, on field goals as time expired. That is an NFL record. It's the most in one day. The previous record had been three. But the Cardinals, Browns, Seahawks, Texans, and Lions all won their games as time expired. And um, not only did we have the the finishes that we had, and, and there were a couple other games that didn't end on uh, field goals, but we had a couple other games that went right down to the end where, uh, you know, some plays were made in, on the final play. That Jets-Raiders uh, uh, game last night, uh, Zach Wilson tried to pull off a, uh, a heave at the end and uh, gave his team a chance. But I'm going to tell you what. Uh, that's that's three and a half hours I'm never getting back just you know that's the the thing about this you know we there's so much I, I guess parody is the right word but there does not seem to be a team that has stepped up and said we are the best you know where you can it, it looked like you know for a good portion of the season early that the San Francisco 49ers were that team Right then, it looked like the Eagles were that team, and you could still make the case that the Eagles are the best team. I mean, they've only lost once, right? But it hasn't been easy, and they lost to the Jets for God's sake. But even the other wins, I mean, you know, the the win over Washington, they had to squeak out. The win over of uh, New England was not an easy one. The Minnesota game was not easy, um, and Jalen Hurts is. If you're an Eagle fan, you got to be worried about that uh, that leg. You know he is he is limping badly. At least uh, you know last week. I mean they had the bye week at the right time. So right now, I guess the Eagles would be the best team. Last week we thought it was the Baltimore Ravens. They were clicking on all cylinders, you know, and uh, they were going to be the team to beat. And then what happens? They lose this week. Thought the Cincinnati Bengals were on the rise. They were Joe Burrow was playing well. They were the team to beat. Nope. Guess what? They lost this week to unbelievable. Um, so uh, we'll get to all that stuff as as we get along this morning. Who's not the best team? The New England Patriots, and the Patriots are going into their bye week this week. 
And there are, I think, legitimate questions. Well, two two legitimate questions. A, will Bill Belichick still be the coach at the end by the time they, they come back out onto the field uh, to face the Giants on November 26th? And will Mac Jones still be the starting quarterback? So let's let's uh, let, let's address those individually. Now, first of all, the Patriots lose to the Colts ten to six in an absolutely brutal game. And by the way, if the NFL is looking to uh, spread the product across the across the globe, the Colts Patriots game is not going to help you. That was just awful. You know, Gardner Minshew and Mac Jones and, I mean, you know, thank God for Jonathan Taylor for Indianapolis who scored the only touchdown of the game. Um, but number one, I don't see any reason, I honestly don't, to fire Bill Belichick right now. What what will be served by that? Do you think elevating Gerard Mayo to head coach is suddenly going to make this team better? I don't. This isn't a question of Belichick being a bad coach. They've had a lot of injuries, yes. But this is a product of they made a gamble that Mac Jones was the quarterback going forward that he was going to be the one to lead this team back to relevance. You know, after Brady left and we went through the whole Cam Newton debacle and Mac Jones was going to be the guy. Mac Jones is not the guy. Mac Jones is Zach Wilson. You know, and Zach Wilson's had a resurgence with the injury to Brett Favre. He has played pretty well this year. But Mac Jones is Zach Wilson. It's, it's the same thing. You know, he throws the worst interceptions ever, makes bad decisions. You know, they move the football. But every time you need a big play, you can count on Mac Jones throwing an interception. And he did it last night, late in the fourth quarter. Or yesterday morning, I should say. Late in the fourth quarter. Throws an interception down at the two-yard line. You know, it just it he it's week after week after week. So, you know, and and there were you know some other times that he made some decisions that Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, was losing his mind. And you could see him, like, screaming at Mac Jones on the sideline a couple of times. This isn't – I mean, this isn't Bill Belichick the coach. The decision that was made that, you know, maybe maybe Bill Belichick the general manager is the problem, and we've had that discussion many times on this show. But I don't think replacing him with Gerard Mayo right now makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. It just doesn't. And at the same time – I don't think it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense to replace Mac Jones with Bailey Zappi. Folks, 
we saw what Bailey Zappi was yesterday when they put him in. What did he do? He threw an interception. He tries to do the fake spike and throws a pick, and it was a bad one. And, you know, it was just he's not the answer. Mac Jones is a hell of a lot better of a quarterback than Bailey Zappi, and I don't care what anybody says. And if you if you don't think so, you don't know anything about football. Mac Jones isn't the answer for the Patriots. That's become evident. And it's become evident the Patriots are going to have to draft another quarterback. But what's the point of pulling out Mac Jones now and playing Bailey Zappi? It's not going to change anything. Now, having said that, let me give you one scenario where maybe it is a good idea. If you play Bailey Zappi and not Mac Jones, you're probably guaranteeing you're not going to win a, a number, uh, most of your games the rest of the way. So go ahead. Because right now, the Patriots are in line to have the number two or three pick in the draft. And there are some quarterbacks out there that can be difference makers. And maybe that's what you should do. Just, just uh, it, you know, it's it would be tanking the season without tanking the season. But you're... Put, put your more talented quarterback on the bench. And look, I say he's more talented, but it's a relative term here. Because, you know, he may, you know, he, he can move the team, but he can't finish. This team is one of the worst teams in the red zone in the NFL. And a lot of it's on Mac Jones because he throws stupid interceptions. So, look, you know, they're 2-8. and eight. The only team with a worse record than they have in in football right now are the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, if if you want to semi-tank the season, go ahead. Because at this point, what difference does it make? Now, they're going to play the Giants after the bye week. And they're going to beat the Giants. I mean, and if they don't, they're not going to win another game. But the Giants, you know, don't have a quarterback. The Giants are in a worse shape now with Daniel Jones down. The Giants are in worse shape than the Patriots when it comes to quarterback play. Right? Tommy DeVito is their quarterback. Not to be confused with Danny. But Tommy DeVito threw for 86 yards yesterday. He's 14 for 27 for 86 yards against the Cowboys. And it didn't matter. I mean, Daniel Jones plays that game. They're still losing to the Cowboys. But my point is is that, you know, they might not be the Giants with Bailey Zappi. If they play Mac Jones, they're going to beat the Giants. But maybe they don't want to. Maybe they shouldn't want to. Right? Maybe they should want to just mail it in. And that, you know, and for someone, you know, that's a Patriot fan, it's going to be hard to watch for people. You know, if you're a Patriot fan and you're watching, I mean, I've, every week when I talk to Dan Zampano, I feel sorry for the guy. You know, and I mean, I kind of root for the Patriots. Unfortunately, you know, my my fandom, you know, my you know, 50 years as a Charger fan was ruined by the Chargers moving to Los Angeles. But then again, I, you know, they're, they're painful in another way. But, you know, when you look at the Patriots' schedule, the Giants – are the the easiest team left on the schedule. After that, you got the Chargers, you got the Steelers, you got the Chiefs. Now you could make a case that Denver's an easy, you know, an easier opponent, but it's at Denver. Then you got to play at Buffalo. 
And then you got to play the Jets on January 7th. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers is going to be back for that game. He's looking at, he said, a mid-December return. Even if it's not mid-December and it's late December around Christmas time, he's still going to have a couple of games under his belt before he plays the Patriots. The Patriots aren't beating him. Christ, they can't stop anybody. You know, I mean, the Colts were, are awful with Gardner Minshew and quarterback. You know, and Taylor, you know, scored the only touchdown of the game, but he still averaged three yards a pop. I mean, and that shows you how bad the Patriots have been. They outgained Indianapolis. They held them to 264 yards, but they can't score. 0 for 4 in the red zone. So, you know, maybe if you're trying to tank without saying we're tanking, play Bailey Zappi. You know, and then try to get, you know, get the number two or three pick. Maybe you get the number one pick if you you really stink bad enough and Carolina finds a way to win a couple of games. But that's what, you know, but that's, so I don't, it it doesn't make sense to fire Bill. It's not going to change anything. Gerard Mayo's not going to suddenly make Mac Jones a great quarterback, okay? Uh, it doesn't make sense to bench Mac Jones from a practical standpoint, unless, of course, you're trying to tank. Otherwise, it's just got to be business as usual. It is what it is, and you just hope you can grind out a couple of wins. Making changes at 2-8 and eight makes no sense. Just write it out, make your changes in the offseason, and figure out where you're going to go. That's what makes the most sense to me. But, man. That was just, and I mean, I think I was thinking about my Sunday and, you know, the, the football Sunday, and it starts off with that Patriot game, which was brutal, and ends with the Jets and the Raiders, a dumb off. And, yeah, you could make the case that it was, you know, an exciting game. It was one touchdown in a game. It was a field goal fest, and it was just brutal. So it ended with a, with a turd, and it ended with one. So... Uh, you know, and one of the things that, you know, one of the things that's been difficult for me living down here, I don't have access to uh, NFL Sunday ticket anymore. I used to get that every year, so you get to watch every game, right? And I, I'm spoiled, but DirecTV had it. Well, now that it's on YouTube TV and you have to stream it, I don't have access to it because I can't stream down here because I don't have high-speed Internet. And all it's going to do is, uh, you know, spin, and I'm not going to pay $300 a year to have the game not actually load and not be able to watch it. Um, you know, not that, uh, you know, the NFL or YouTube TV cares about those of us that live in rural areas, but it's just, you know, so now I'm stuck watching games that stink. All I get is the games, whatever the local games are on my networks down here. So yesterday I got the Giants and the Cowboys. Are you kidding me? And I got Atlanta and Arizona. Now, it turned out to be, you know, an interesting finish, but those are two teams that stink. That's what I was stuck with watching yesterday. It was just brutal. Absolutely brutal. They had the Minnesota-New Orleans game on. You know, and, you know, Josh Dobbs is a nice story, but, you know, given, given a choice, I'd much rather have been watching that Cleveland-Baltimore game or the Houston-Cincinnati game. But no, I got to watch garbage. 
And there's so many games in the NFL this year that have been garbage. Now, having said that, now we get to try to figure out who's the best team. It was supposed to be the Baltimore Ravens this week, wasn't it? Well, guess what? Cleveland Browns go in there with Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson beats the Browns 33-31. to Deshaun Watson threw for 213 yards, ran for 37 more. Was he great? No, but he was good enough. You know, and fortunately, they were able to run the football. They ran all over this team. These were supposed to be the number one and number two ranked defenses in the NFL going into this game. And they combined to score 64 points. You know, and look, um, Lamar Jackson looked like the Lamar Jackson that people have criticized in the past that, hey, he's not a great drop-back passer. You know, threw for 223 yards, but he threw a couple of picks, got sacked three times. You know, he was their leading ground gainer. They could not run the football. And then Dustin Hopkins wins it as time expires after a 12-play, 58-yard drive engineered by Watson. You know, and uh, uh, and, he, and and by the way, the, the only re- reason that the Ravens were ahead then was he actually missed an extra point after a pick six by Greg Newsom. Otherwise, it would have been tied there. But regardless, um, the Browns had won the time of possession battle by a bunch. Every time they needed a big play, the 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 uh, the Baltimore defense couldn't stop them. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, there was one drive that the Browns had the ball for like 10 minutes at the end of the third quarter. A 17-play, 75-yard drive took 10 minutes and 9 seconds. That is unbelievable. And that was right after, by the way, Baltimore scored a touchdown to take a 24-9 lead early in the third quarter. And then after that, it was pretty much... All Cleveland. Now, Baltimore had a 14-point lead with 11.34 to go to in this game. And so you've got to put this all on the defense. With the exception of the pick six, by Newsom, pick six by Newsom. But you look at what they did. After Gus Edwards scored that touchdown to put Baltimore by 14, the Browns went 75 yards in six plays. Scored two and a half minutes later. Then the pick six. And then the, another long drive. They just, I mean, my God. They had one drive that was 12 plays, another drive that was 17 plays, a drive in the uh, second quarter was 12 plays, and then another one that was 10 plays. I mean, they just grinded it out against this Baltimore defense the entire day. And now that division is just, I mean, holy cow. You've got Baltimore at seven and three. Pittsburgh wins yesterday, so they're six and three. Cleveland six and three, and now Cincinnati gets upset. They're five and four, but everybody in that division is over five hundred. You know that's you know that's the you know that's they just uh, these these teams are just beating the crap out of each other. And now the Browns get Pittsburgh coming in this week, 
And, yeah, Pittsburgh won this week, but they're no great shakes. And now the Ravens are going to be pissed off, and so is Cincinnati. That ought to be a hell of a game on Thanksgiving between Baltimore and Cincinnati. That's going to be a fun one to watch. But a great win for the Cleveland Browns yesterday. You know, and, you know, Deshaun Watson has, you know, his share of critics. And, you know, there are people that have killed them. They gave him that uh, that huge contract, a 10-year contract, fully guaranteed. Uh, you know, and $230 million. Actually, it wasn't a 10-year contract. I think it was like seven years. But fully guaranteed contract for a guy that <laughs> that was accused of sexual assault by a couple of dozen women. You know, and got suspended for 11 games. You know, and now he's, you know, has had shoulder problems all year. He's missed three games. But, man, he stepped up. And he outdueled one of the best quarterbacks, a guy that a lot of people think is the MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson. Well, he bested him yesterday. And I mentioned the Bengals. And the Bengals, right now, boy, they're talking about, you know, Lamar Jackson being the potential MVP. Holy cow. Stop. You know, look, C.J. Stroud. Now, his numbers weren't, you know, he threw for 356 yards, only one touchdown this week. But, my God, (coughs) this guy's been unbelievable. He's a rookie. And he leads a drive in the the, uh, last minute and a half. Matt Amendola ends up with a 38-yard field goal, and they beat. Cincinnati as time expires. Joe Burrow, you know, look, uh, threw for 347 yards, but he threw, like, interceptions on back-to-back plays in the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, that's on him. You know, one of of the picks he threw was in the end zone. But C.J. Stroud has been ridiculous. It's the second straight week that they've uh, they've had that last-minute drive to win a game. They did it against uh, Tampa last week. But they're 5-4. and four. You know, a lot of people thought they'd be one of the worst teams in football. Well, I think a lot of people underestimated C.J. Stroud. And here they are now, 5-4, and four, just a game behind Jacksonville in the AFC South. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's the, uh, by the way, he's the fourth rookie in NFL history to have at least 2,500 yards in his first nine starts. So, I mean, the kid is having himself a hell of a rookie year. Uh, They've got Arizona next Sunday. Now, normally you'd say advantage Houston, but with Kyler Murray back, I'm not so sure. You know, Kyler Murray played his first game yesterday in a year and uh, looked pretty good. Those Houston Texans, uh, <laughs> Cincinnati thought they were on their way up, and Houston said, not so fast. And the other great story from yesterday, uh, Josh Dobbs. Guy was signed like 12 days ago, and he's now 2-0 as a starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. How about that? Uh, Dobbs yesterday throws for 268 yards and a touchdown, and they uh, beat the New Orleans Saints 27 to 19. Good for him. I mean, he throws throws for 268. He runs for 44 more and a touchdown. And then the Minnesota defense knocks uh, Derek Carr out of the game. 
and we'll have to see how he is going forward. But he ended up with a concussion and a shoulder injury. The good news uh, for New Orleans is they have a bye week. So he's got some time to get healthy because uh, Jameis Winston came in. And, you know, Jameis Winston threw a couple of touchdown passes, but Jameis Winston also does what he's very good at, throwing interceptions. You know, tried to keep his team in it. They were down 27-3. He comes in, makes it interesting by throwing a couple of touchdown passes, but the two picks uh, finally did him in. He ends up uh, throwing for 122 yards. Um, but, uh, look, going forward, Jameis Winston, if they're if that's New Orleans' quarterback – you know, they're in big trouble. They're in big, big trouble. And they still sit on top of the NFC South with a 5-5 five and five record. But that is a uh, – what, what was it that Hillary Clinton called the uh, Republicans at one time? The basket of deplorables. Well, that's what the NFC South is right now. New Orleans is 5-5. Five and five. Everybody else in that division is under 500. Both teams with a bye. Uh, the Saints, as I said, you know, look, they'll get to play Atlanta November 26th. Hopefully they'll have Carr back. Uh, because Jameis Winston is uh, not going to lead this New Orleans team to the promised land. Uh, the Vikings also off this coming week. They will play at Denver uh, next Sunday night. It is 30 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a quick break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Um, perhaps the most entertaining game of the day yesterday the Charger game with the Detroit Lions. Neither team wanted to play defense in this game. The two teams combined for 954 yards of offense. It was like watching a Pac-12 college game. Honest to God, it was just like uh, back and forth, back and forth. And these teams, uh, look, this is the second time this year that the Chargers have scored 30 points or more in a game and lost. You want to see a guy that's on the hot seat, uh, Brandon Staley, uh, you know, should be looking over his shoulder. Uh, Justin Herbert threw four touchdown passes yesterday, threw for 323 yards, and they lost. I mean, it's just absolutely brutal. Jared Goff returns to SoFi Stadium. Uh, of course, he used to uh, be the quarterback for the Rams in that stadium and uh, threw for 333 yards, a couple of touchdowns, did not throw a pick. Uh, did not throw an interception, was uh, about as good as you could ask him to be, and uh, Detroit ran the ball well. You know, there's no question about that. The, the, the Chargers can't stop anybody. David Montgomery runs for 116 yards. Uh, uh, the kid Jam- Jamar Gibbs ran for 77 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And uh, Equimenius St. Brown, eight catches, 156 yards. Keenan Allen had 11 catches for 175 yards and two picks. I mean, two picks, two touchdowns for the Chargers, and they get beat because their defense gives up 533 yards. That is unreal. When you look at the Chargers, though, look, they had more first downs than the Lions. They were 50% on third down. Uh, they went forward on fourth down three times. They were three for three. They were three for three in a red zone. And they lost. You know, and this is one of those cases where you could say, if you're the Chargers fan, maybe we should fire our coach. Maybe that could make a difference going down the stretch for this Charger team. You know, because something's got to change in San Diego. You know, this is a, you know, look, when you've got a generational quarterback and a guy like Justin Herbert, you know, you can't be four and five at this stage of the season. 
And, you know, look, they've got they got to play at Green Bay. They still have to play Baltimore. But if you look at the end of their, their schedule, they've got some soft games in there. The Patriots, Denver, Vegas. They've got Denver twice. You know, a Buffalo team, but they have them at home. That's a winnable game. And then they finish the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, look, there's still time for the Chargers to salvage the season. But they've got to make some changes. And, you know, it might have to start with the head coach. And, look, if you're a Lion fan, you know, maybe the Lions are the best team in football right now. There was a lot of hype behind them starting the season, 7-2. and two. You know, maybe they're the new best team. I don't know. We're going to go week to week. You know, and if you're a 49ers fan, you're, you're feeling good about yourself because your team bounced back uh, after getting embarrassed, you know, and losing three games in a row. They come back, and they absolutely destroyed Jacksonville. Uh, Brock Purdy, a lot of people were doubting him because he was throwing interceptions. All of a sudden, he bounces back, throws three touchdown passes, not a pick to be found. Uh, McCaffrey did his thing. Debo Samuel was back in the game. Uh, you know, and San Francisco looked like the team from the beginning of the season that we thought was the best team in football. You know, but as we have seen this year, you know, who knows? Who knows? Kyler Murray, uh, I guess, as I said, he back yesterday, he leads the uh, the Cardinals to a win over the Falcons, first time he had played in a year. Uh, ran the ball well. Uh, you know, look, he, he he's going to be a difference maker for this team. They're not going to be uh, the pushovers that they were going forward as long as Kyler Murray stays healthy. So, uh, you know, now we'll see. They have to go to Houston on Sunday, so we'll see if they can follow that up. It'll be very interesting. That'll be a good duel uh, between Stroud and Kyler Murray. And the Falcons, uh, they are taking on water. They led that division a few weeks ago. They have now lost three straight. And now they have to host New Orleans uh, coming up on the 26th. And, uh, you know, they are uh, a team going in the wrong direction right now. Baker Mayfield throws for 278 yards, a couple of picks. Uh, the Buccaneers stopped their four-game losing streak by beating uh, the Titans 20-6. to uh, The Titans, man, I'll tell you what, they uh, have lost four out of the last five, and they have not won a road game in, like, forever. I think their last road win was in November of last season. So it has been... Uh, it's been a while. The last time they won on the road was November 17th of last year when they beat uh, Green Bay. That's it. So, you know, they are a team that uh, uh, thought they would bounce back. I thought Will Levis would be the answer, and I still like Will Levis. I'm not, you know, I'm not down on him at all. Um, But uh, this Tennessee team is definitely – Definitely undermanned, and uh, they're going to have to make some changes in the offseason as well. I still, I think their coach, Mike Vrabel, is one of the best uh, in the NFL. I think Will Levis is going to be fine, but uh, that was a tough loss, uh, a, a team that you expected to beat, and Baker Mayfield comes back and uh, uh, bounces back for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, did you watch college football this weekend? Everybody was watching that Michigan game. And... Look, I don't have a dog in this fight. I do know this. Michigan broke the rules. 
they did live scouting. They did it. It was systematic. Uh, whether whether Jim Harbaugh had knowledge of it or not, they broke the rules. And as the head coach, you have to pay the penalty for that. The buck stops at the head coach, period. So I don't have a problem with the Big Ten suspending Jim Harbaugh. Now, should they have waited until the NCAA finished their investigation? Perhaps. But a suspension was coming. And if you're Michigan, and you he got three games, if you're Michigan, you would rather those three games be now than be in the so that he can't coach in the national championship game. Right? Now he's gonna miss the Ohio State game, which is huge. And that is going to tell the difference as to which one of those teams uh is ranked ahead of the other one going into the college football playoffs. They're both gonna make the playoffs because they're two of the three best teams in college football, period. But the fact that, you know, everybody on Michigan is playing with a chip on their shoulder and, you know, uh uh, Sharon Moore, who was the interim coach, you know, reading, uh, wearing a T-shirt that says Michigan versus everybody, and they've started this thing. They're selling merchandise. They sold a hundred, uh, ten thousand items in in Ann Arbor and online since Harbaugh became uh, got suspended. Since Friday, in forty-eight hours, they raised fifty grand. And the money, by the way, is going to go back to the university to other sports, not the football program which is kind of cool. But the fact that they are playing with a chip on their shoulder like, oh, it's Michigan versus everybody because we're being picked on. Hey, look, at the end of the day, your program did something that is against the rules, and I don't want to hear everybody does it. You know what? Maybe they do. They didn't get caught. And if everybody does it, that's fine. Then we need to catch everybody. But rules are there for a reason. So I don't have a problem with Jim Harbaugh being suspended. I, you know, and if you and if and if you need to play with a chip on your shoulder because oh they're picking on us, well, fine. And you know what? They went out and they beat Penn State, which everybody expected that they would do. They beat him twenty-four to fifteen, kind of a sleepy game, to be honest with you. Um, but whether uh, Jim Harbaugh being on the sideline isn't going to make any difference. They have better players than Penn State and then just about everybody in the country with the exception of maybe Ohio State and Georgia. You know, and if they lose to Ohio State, everybody's going to say, well, you know, if we had had Jim Harbaugh, you know, so now, you know, they've got a they've got a built-in excuse that they lose to Ohio State. You know, uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to hear Michigan versus everybody. Knock it off. You broke the rules. Period. I worked in the in the NCAA uh, sphere for twenty five years. Right. I. You had rules. You have to follow. Period. Not just coaches, but administrators. You have rules that you have to follow. And if you break the rules, there are consequences, just like there is to everything else. In life, so why should Michigan be treated any differently than anybody else? So you know, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear we're being picked on. But they win the game without Jim Harbaugh, 
Again, not a surprise. Who's being picked on? The Penn State head uh, offensive coordinator, Mike Yurkich, got fired at the end of the game um, because in their two biggest losses, or their two losses, against Michigan and Ohio State, they scored a combined 27 points. Now, this, you know, I mean, I, this this guy just took one for the team. He just got thrown under the bus. At the end of the day, it's not your offensive coordinator's fault. Ohio State and Michigan have better players top to bottom than Penn State does. What the hell do you expect? Right? You know, I'm sorry. This was, you know, I feel bad for this guy. It's not his fault. You know, so, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, say, wait, we thank Mike for his contributions over the last three years, but it's our program's best interest to make a change. Get out of here. This is the head coach throwing his offensive coordinator under the bus because they didn't do a good enough job recruiting to have better players than Ohio State and Michigan. That's all this is. What a load of crap. But um, who else got fired? Jimbo Fisher got fired at Texas A&M. You know, and this is where we are in college football. Now, Jimbo Fisher has won a national title, right, when he was at Florida State. Jimbo Fisher, in his time at Texas A&M, he was there for six years. He's 20 games over 500. They're 45 and 25. They're 27 and 21 in a very, very tough SEC. You know, they're 6 and 4 this season with a couple of games left. They could win them both. They could end up 8 and 4. And he got fired. You're playing in a conference with Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. Mississippi. I mean, there are that, that conference is loaded, and you're a competitive team. He's twenty games over five hundred, and he gets fired. That's what's wrong with college football, folks. I Man, that's just a joke. And guess what? It's going to cost the school seventy-five million dollars. That's how much they still owe him on this contract. Got a 10-year deal, and they still owe him $75 million bucks. 25% of that, about $19 million, is due within 60 days. And then he gets several installments of about $7 million that have to be paid within 120 days. <laughs> $75 million bucks because you fired a guy that's 20 games over 500 in his career at Texas A&M. What a joke. You know what? The AD should be fired. For doing this, because that's that's just ridiculous. Who are they going to get that's any better? What a joke! Uh, top twenty-five rankings are out. Georgia number one. They got fifty-four of the uh, sixty-two first-place votes. Michigan number two. They got seven. Ohio State got one. They are uh, number three. Of course, Florida State's four undefeated at ten and zero. Washington is ten and zero. They are number five. And then it's Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Louisville, and Oregon State. James Madison, 10-0. They are uh, number 18. Of course, they're not eligible for the NCAA playoffs because they just 
made the move two years ago to the uh, the bowl series, and uh, there's a uh, uh, I think it's the first two years you're not actually eligible for bowl play. Liberty, uh, Dan Zampano's uh, alma mater, ten and zero. They come in at number twenty five. So good for them. Uh, you know, you love to see those those small small schools uh, have an opportunity. But James Madison, uh, who tuned up uh, UConn this week, uh, now at ten and zero. It is forty eight minutes past the hour. We're going to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is fifty minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. A few minutes left here this morning. Uh, the football game uh, that I had to watch late in the day was so bad I turned on the UConn NC State women's basketball game for a while UConn which was going to be the number one uh, team in the country with a win yesterday because the LSU lost their opening game um, got beat by NC State yesterday uh, in Raleigh and it was pretty convincing 92 to 81 uh, it is the first time UConn had given up over 90 points in a regulation game since 2001 uh but they just got they got exposed yesterday not that UConn UConn's still one of the two or three best teams in the country but one thing that was very noticeable yesterday uh with teams that are really really big UConn's got a problem they had nothing inside uh Aaliyah Edwards uh got out muscled on the boards Aubrey Griffin who's supposed to be a great rebounder did nothing uh they got beat on the boards 41 to 29. They had six shots blocked. Uh, look, uh, I think NC State's got four starters that are 6 3. And it was a problem for UConn. Uh, so uh, so now they lose. So it'll be very interesting to see what they're. And, you know, the thing was, NC State was unranked. You know, now they're 2 0, and they will be ranked this week. There's no question about that. Uh, but the number one and number two teams in the country in the preseason poll lose for the first time uh, since the poll has been happening in women's basketball in the first week. That's never happened before that both teams have lost a game. Uh, so, it, or actually, it's in the last 25 years. Before the second poll was released, they lose. Um, and UConn doesn't lose to unranked teams. In the last three years, they're 48-6 and six against unranked teams. So, uh, but NC State was really good. They got open looks. They were draining the threes in the the third and fourth quarter, and UConn just could do nothing offensively. Uh, you know, uh, Paige Beckers looked like the old Paige Beckers, but she wasn't getting any help. Uh, AZ Fudd couldn't find the range from outside. Uh, and, again, the, the rebounding just – Caroline Ducharme was the invisible woman uh, underneath the boards, and that, uh, that doomed UConn. Uh, some baseball news. The Houston Astros have decided to promote their bench coach, Joe Espada, uh, to replace Dusty Baker. Uh, it's going to be the first time that Espada has uh, been a manager. Uh, he's 48 years old. He's was Houston's bench coach since 2018. Uh, previously worked in the Marlins organization. Uh, he also was on the Yankees coaching staff uh, from 2015 to 2017. Um so uh, he is going to be the new guy at the head of the Houston Astros. So going for somebody who's not a name, you know, and, and uh, you know, Dusty Baker retires. And it was interesting, you know, Dusty Baker saying, well, you know, it was the, 
it was the uh, all the bloggers and you know the social media and stuff that drove me out because I'm tired of answering questions to basically what he said. I'm tired of having to answer questions to stupid people. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Uh, Stephen Vogt uh, was introduced as the Cleveland manager this weekend. And, uh, you know, the one thing that he said that was smart is I'm not trying uh, to replace Terry Francona. You know, um, so smart man. He's 39 years old. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, look, he he's known he's wanted to be a manager for a long time. Uh, pretty excited to start in Cleveland. And uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, funny, uh, former catchers seem to be the best managers, aren't they? I mean, think about, you know, uh, whether you think Joe Girardi's a great manager or not, you know, uh, that's a guy that was a catcher. Kevin Cash, catcher. Mike Sosha, catcher. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just you can I – mean, and that's just, you know, just a few. And uh, maybe Stephen Vogt joins that uh, line – uh, of uh, former catchers that become uh, good managers in Major League Baseball. Um, a firing in uh, Edmonton. They fired their head coach. So the Edmonton Oilers have picked uh, Chris Knobloch, who is the uh, the head coach for the Hartford Wolfpack in the AHL. So he has been called up by the big team um, after uh, they fired their manager, uh, Jay Woodcroft. A lot of people are surprised by that. Edmonton is a team that a lot of people think have a chance uh, to win the Stanley Cup this year. They've gotten off to a very slow start. Uh, they are three nine and one uh, to start the season, despite having uh, some of the you know the highest the, the highest scoring offense in the NHL. So uh, good for Chris Knobloch. He will be the new uh, head coach for the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm going to leave you with this one this morning. This was absolutely beautiful. I am. Uh, not a fan of James Harden. I've mentioned that many times. He's a guy that is just a cancer for teams. Uh, so what was great, uh, Brian Damaris, who works for Bally Sports Southwest and does Dallas Mavericks games, went on a rant this weekend that is epic. Uh, you could find it. I think it was on Twitter. I think, the, I think DraftKings Sportsbook had, the, uh, had it on there. And you could watch the clip. It is unbelievable. He goes on there and he goes um, that he said, you 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 basically said, uh, you know, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me, like Daryl Morley of Philly believed in you. He said uh, uh, that when things don't go well, what do you say afterwards? He said, well, they didn't hand me the reins. He says, you're the point guard. You're holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. And then he comes out with this one. This was great because now he's with the Clippers, right? He said, you know what? And if it doesn't work out this year, you know, in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else. You're going to go back home, and you're going to start swiping right for another team, and there's not going to be anyone left. Because, James, you're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem. Truer words have never been said, and it is great to hear somebody step up and and have the guts to tell James Harden that he is an absolute fraud. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from the Traveling Wilburys. End of the line. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.